I'm Zoha Malik, and I'm here speaking with Representative Salute Carbajal for KCSB's Meet the Candidates. Thank you, Zoha. Thank you for having me and inviting me. I started the interview by asking what some major issues Carbajal hoped to address during what would be his next term as a congressman. He spoke about creating more economic opportunity, championing more bills like the Bipartisan Infrastructure Bill, the Safe Communities Act, providing a pathway to immigration for dreamers and undocumented people, and more. 2023 was the hottest year we've seen in thousands of years. So what are initiatives you previously taken and will take to lessen carbon emissions from the U.S.? Well, I am uh, also a sponsor of the Energy and Carbon Dividend Act, which would place a fee on carbon throughout the United States to move towards more innovative technology that will reduce uh, emissions. And at the same time, take those fees, those dollars that are collected and give them back as dividends to all Americans. Last term, we passed the Inflation Reduction Act that brought significant investments to incentivize renewable energy, offshore wind uh, in the northern part of my district, off of Morro Bay, and uh, just continue to work to make sure that we provide the charging stations throughout the state of California and our country and the Central Coast to incentivize the purchasing of more electric vehicles uh, so that we have the infrastructure so they could charge them and, and the whole system works, allowing everyday homeowners to be able to retrofit their homes to save energy, to uh, address climate change and change the culture of from using fossil fuels to transitioning to renewable energy. All right, um, moving on to housing. I'm a UCSB student and Isla Vista is an acute example of the rising housing costs in California. Um, what do you think is the biggest contributor to these prices and what do you plan to do to address this issue? So first to make sure the federal government continues to provide the resources that it has always provided uh, to ensure that we have low-income housing tax credits, which recently through the tax plan that I voted for, uh, uh, it's going to improve the low-income housing tax credits percentage available to the state of California by 12.5%. Uh, and that is the biggest single source of impetus for bringing affordable housing in our country. But I'm very proud of three pieces of legislation that I have been a part of or have introduce myself. The first one is Home for the Brave Act, which will provide increased vouchers and uh, housing opportunities for our veterans. The second one is the Housing for All Act, which would dramatically increase housing in every which way. Low-income housing tax credits, it would uh, increase our funding for CDBG, it would increase housing for all programs, voucher programs, and of course, the last one is the DASH Act, which I am a co-sponsor. Uh, $500 billion over 10 years, the DASH Act will provide tax credits for renters and first-time home buyers. And of course, these are all bills that I hope make it over the finish line this Congress. But if not, sometimes it takes a number of years. Okay, thank you. Um, moving on to foreign policy. As you know, the U.S. is enmeshed in two major conflicts in particular, we're allied with Ukraine and their resistance to the Russian offensive and allied with Israel and their offensive on Gaza. Um, the United States is Israel's main ally in the country's war on Gaza. There have been, there's been criticism regarding the U.S.'s unconditional aid and military funding 
as uh, thousands of Palestinian civilians have been killed since the initial October 7 attacks from Hamas. And this is an issue a lot of constituents here feel strongly about. Um, there have been residents and protesters which have appeared at your town halls to calls for a ceasefire. Um, you've previously called for a humanitarian pause, but not an all-out ceasefire. Is this still your stance, and how do you hope to achieve stability in the region? First and foremost, Ukraine. It's imperative that we continue to support uh, Ukraine. They are aligned uh, with our values. And we need to make sure that we provide them the support they need to thwart uh, Russia's aggression, because a threat to Ukraine's democracy is a threat to the rest of NATO and our own democracy. I've also been supportive of Israel over the years. And during this conflict, after Hamas, which is a, a listed terrorist organization, proactively went and slaughtered over 1,200 innocent Israelis, civilian Israelis, uh, I supported, uh, in, in an atrocious way, I supported Israel's right to defend it, itself and to go after Hamas. In the prosecution of the war, way too many lives have been lost. And it is something that's concerning to me. Uh, that's why I pressed uh, for a humanitarian pause and more humanitarian aid uh, to go into Israel. I have been critical of the way crit uh, Israel has been prosecuting this war and the loss of life. Uh, I don't want to dwell on, on, on a pause versus a ceasefire. I want to restore peace. And I, too, want this war to come to an end. I think there's a lot of diplomacy is going on to achieve a ceasefire, to achieve the end of this war. And uh, there's still over 100 uh, hostages that Hamas still takes. So who would reward a ceasefire with Hamas until those uh, hostages are released? So if hostages were returned, you would be for a ceasefire? I think that's part of the, the what a negotiation looks like. And absolutely, I think uh, we need to get to a point where that is negotiated. Border security has recently been a hot button issue in Congress. Is there a humane way to contend with border security? And what is your stance on migration policy? The reason we are who we are is because of immigration. I immigrated to this country when the system was a, a little less broken. Now it's really broken. So I stand for comprehensive immigration reform, but short of achieving that, which has not been possible uh, because of our colleagues on the other side of the aisle, you're having uh, an overwhelming number of people, not only from Latin America and Central America and Mexico, but throughout the world. There's valid cases, and then there's some cases that are now being ex exploited. So everybody acknowledges that there's two issues. One, it's what's happening at the border now. And then the need to provide comprehensive immigration reform to address all of those that are here, the dreamers and individuals that are contributing to our economy. And we got to do both. But now the attention is on the border. Certainly, I think it should be addressed in the context of negotiating on foreign policy as it relates to whether we provide uh, aid to Ukraine or not, which seems to be the reason uh, we got into a negotiation uh, in the Senate. Nonetheless, a bipartisan deal was uh, achieved initially, and then Republicans, they said, we really don't want to solve this because politically it works in our favor to not solve it. They have now overtly said, no, we want to help Trump. We want to be able to still say that it's Democrats uh, at fault for what's happening at the border, not us. The American people will now clearly understand where they stand. 
in terms of immigration, I think that I'm for comprehensive immigration reform, even doing it incrementally. I have been a proponent and sponsor of the Farm Workforce Modernization Act, as well as the Dream and Promise Act. Lastly, I asked what Carbajal considered his biggest accomplishment. He spoke about constituent service, passing the Inflation Reduction Act to address climate change, prescription drug reform, the Bipartisan Infrastructure Law, the Housing for All Act, red flag laws, and other legislation. With KCSB News, I'm Zoha Malik.